I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome, welcome back to the Trampoline Hall Podcast, unless this is your first time listening, in which case, welcome to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall, as you probably know, is a lecture series that takes place in a bar, usually in Toronto, sometimes in other cities. People give lectures on all kinds of topics, with the one restriction being that they cannot lecture on subjects on which they are professionally expert. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. This is not the trampoline hall that takes place in a bar. This is a trampoline hall podcast, which is a recording of the trampoline hall that takes place in a bar. Uh, On each episode, we go through our extensive archives and we choose one lecture and podcast it directly to you. Uh, If you enjoy this podcast and you are in Toronto, we really encourage you to come out and see the show. Uh, Get on the email list, find out when it is, and come see the live show. It is great. Uh, At this point, you're probably wondering, wow, there has not been any swearing thus far. Uh, I wonder if that means there will be no swearing at all. No, it does not. There probably will be mature language at some point during the podcast. So uh, put on your swearing hat. Um, And now let me introduce you to your lecturer. The topic is the opossum, and the lecturer is Josh Thorpe. How close do you like me to stand? Like this? How loud do you like me to talk? <clears throat> okay, well, if I stand this close, then I can't hold this for myself to look at. So I'm going to talk louder and stand farther. How's that? Really? Okay, well then. I'll, I'll just memorize my lecture. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk to you about an animal that I like, the opossum, uh, specifically the Virginia opossum, um, but I'll just call it the opossum. And uh, my, the origin of my interest, uh, I think, possibly stems from um, a sighting of a monster that my friends neither of whom I thought were going to be in attendance, but one of whom now is Sam Higgs, um, saw in an alleyway uh, south of college, um, where Montrose meets college. And uh, they described, well, what I remember of their description is um, a misshapen combination of a raccoon and a rat, uh, smaller than a raccoon and much bigger than a rat, uh, possibly uh, 
provoking feelings of unease. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it scuttled down the laneway and um, I met an oncoming car and was frozen in the headlights for a moment. And uh, the driver, I think, exclaimed something uh, to, to prove his disbelief at what he was seeing. Um, and Sam and Renee didn't know what they were seeing either. But um, it, it, it was gray and black, perhaps, and, um, and waggled its hindquarters in, a, in, a, in an odd way. Well, my assumption is that this was a, an opossum. Sam doesn't agree. Renee does. <laughs> but for a couple of years after that, I, um, well, I still am looking for monsters. And uh, I think I, well, I saw an opossum, and it, was, it looked like it might have been a monster at the time. I didn't know it was an opossum then. Um, and I was walking down Richmond Street in downtown Toronto um, when I saw a ghostly face peering down from a fire escape at me. I was walking with my friend Kelsey at the time. And, uh, well, I thought it might be an owl at first, but it kind of disappeared, and we thought we'd go up um, maybe foolishly and, and take a closer look. And it, it turned out to be this um, cross between a rat, an owl, and a pig <laughs> with... Uh, <laughs> Grizzly fur, um, uh, long snaky tail, um, delicate human-like hands and feet, <laughs> and uh, well, it looked like a very cute large rat. Uh, despite our proximity, we were about ten feet away, and um, and the fact that it was cornered on a landing of a fire escape, two stories up, it was really nonchalant about the whole thing. It just sort of uh, stretched out its forepaws, um, sniffed at us, and then rubbed its head on the step. Um, <laughs> in fact, it just sat there and waited to see what we would do, uh, kind of yawning and, and uh, resting, <laughs> um, until the uh, adjacent neighbor um, flung his door open to, I don't know, check the weather or something, and whacked the thing in the ass, and it <laughs> scuttled to the other side of the landing and hissed at him. He, al he also uh, he said something like, uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> and we, we told him that it was either an opossum or a monster. <laughs> but he should probably use the front e uh, exit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, we walked, we left, and uh, I went and quickly uh, took a look at some pic pictures on the internet, and it was an opossum. Um, okay, the species that we have in Canada um, is perfectly populous in the city of Toronto, though not likely to be seen because it's nocturnal and solitary, and extends all the way to Georgian Bay. It was um, first sighted in 1854, uh, having mm, hitched a ride on a train. And it still travels by train and by truck. <laughs> well, I, I haven't been able to find out what it's doing there, maybe uh, looking for food or, or shelter from the rain. Um, it is North America's, uh, excluding Mexico, it is United States and Canada's only uh, marsupial. And it has been around since the, uh, since the dinosaurs 70 million years ago. <laughs> it is the size of a cat. Its uh, fur is gray to black. Um, its ears are black and according to an SPCA um, rehabilitator, uh, always different from one animal to the next. 
Uh, its face is long and white with a pink button nose. Um, it has pink hands and pink feet and a pink tail. Its tail is prehensile, which means that it can grasp things with it. Um, it can help to climb trees and mm, grasp uh, leaves for building nests and such. Uh, and I, people will tell you that it doesn't hang by its tail, but I've seen a photograph, and I'm going to show you one later. And it, it does. <laughs> the um, the male's penis is bifurcated, uh, like a two-pronged fork, and this gave rise to a folk myth uh, that says the male couples with the female's nostrils to deliver the sperm, <laughs> and and that she in turn delivers the babies into her pouch by sneezing. <laughs> but it, it isn't true. <laughs> Actually, she has a bifurcated vagina and two uteri. And the, the name, the proper name of, well, the scientific name of the animal is um, Didelphus virginiana, which Didelphus, the name of the genus, actually means uh, double wound. But all of marsupials have two wounds, or at least most. So I don't know why the opossum gets to have that name. <laughs> uh, the female opossum gives birth to a, a tiny, um, a, a litter of tiny, um, almost embryonic pinkies um, <laughs> 13 days after conception. And they crawl up from the vagina to the pouch via a trail of saliva that she leaves for them and uh, latch on to the teats inside the, of the pouch. Um, the female generally has 13 teats. If, um, if there are more than 13 pinkies, then the ones that don't get teats die. Uh, and um, sometimes they all have up to like 25, uh, with all of which would fit in a teaspoon, apparently. I don't know who knows that. Uh, babies are weaned after two to three months, after which time you can see them uh, clustered on their mother's back as she forages for food. And then uh, after four months, they're like seven to nine inches long, and um, they're off on their own. They're juveniles. In, in my researches on this animal, I, I've come to think of it as a, an ally to, to humans. Um, because, well, and there's a lot of people that do, actually. There's two societies in the United States arguing for the, uh, oh, the, the, the proper uh, etiquette towards opossums and, their, um, and wishing them to be regarded in a good light. And uh, the, f the fact is that they don't dig up gardens, they don't um, damage structures, and uh, they carry fewer diseases than cats and dogs. In fact, they're almost immune to rabies. Um, but, you know, a nice thing about them is they eat cockroaches, uh, slugs, snails, um, rats and mice, as well as uh, carrion, which we also don't like to have around. <laughs> oh, it, it can also, like, um, kill and eat venomous snakes and be bitten countless times without without suffering any, uh, any damage. And this, this omnivorous and 
uh, this ability to eliminate uh, the, the things that we consider pests has earned it the label nature's little sanitation engineer. <laughs> oh, you may have heard about a, 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 you may have heard of the expression to play possum, and that is to play dead. Well, the opossum, when faced with inescapable danger, um, goes into a comatose state of shock, falls on the ground limp, lulls its tongue out of its gaping mouth, drooling, and leaks anal fluid that <laughs> smells very badly. <laughs> this is actually a pretty uh, useful <laughs> defense mechanism because, uh, well, if an animal is acting territorially towards a, an opossum, uh, finding it suddenly dead, um, it will lose interest immediately. And if a predator uh, <laughs> finds this uh, sickly appearing animal um, smelling putrid, it will turn up its nose and walk away often. Uh, in as little as 40 minutes or as much as four hours, the opossum will get up and walk away. Nevertheless, uh, the, the, uh, the opossum falls easy victim to dogs, foxes, coyotes, bobcats, um, and large raptors. Oh, and of course, humans driving cars. And that brings me to the conclusion of my talk, which is there is an interesting human behavior that has developed in response to possums, and that is the rescue of infant opossums found at the site of roadkill. There are people, uh, people in Ontario, but especially enthusiasts in the United States, who pull the car over and gently scoop out the infant opossums from the mother's marsupium, the pouch, um, to take care of them. And we can do that. I think I might do that. I haven't tried it yet. Because <laughs> I've only been researching this a short time. Um, and I was recently driving across the country, and when we got to Ontario, I'm sure that I saw roadkill opossums, but the fellow I was driving with was a little touchy, so <laughs> I didn't like to interrupt him if he was concentrating on driving. Um, so if you want to do this, you, you, you pull the car over. Well, the first thing you, you might want to do with a roadkill animal if you don't want to see more of them is, and I haven't done this yet, I, I don't know if I have the stomach for it, but to pull the animal off the road is a good thing to do because then it prevents future animals from being killed in search of carrion. Um, but the second thing and the sweeter thing that you can do <laughs> is, is to inspect the pouch of a female roadkill opossum for pinkies or s more developed, they could, you know, they could have fur as well, um, opossums. <laughs> Take them, uh, put them in a cloth, uh, shouldn't be terry cloth because they can get themselves caught on it, uh, and uh, hold it to your body uh, gently to keep them warm. Um, if, well, probably the proper thing to do really is take them straight to a rehabilitator or to call the SPCA, which has a 24-hour, any SPCA has a 24-hour uh, um, employee that will answer at any branch, apparently, and possibly even come out and, and pick up the animal, or the, the animals uh, themselves. But some people recommend um, a more proactive approach. Some people think that this is a bad idea. Um, but you can take these animals to your body to warm them, and then uh, when you get to your home or wherever you're going, put them in a box lined with cloth again and then cover them, and place that in turn on uh, a moderate heating heat source like a water bottle <laughs> or an electric blanket on low. Uh, 
and then um, party them. You have to pretend that you're the mother's tongue. <laughs> you you you, you want to hold you want to hold the, um, the the animal with its head sort of coupled between your belly and your palm so that it can feel that it's hiding with its um, genitals exposed so that you can rub from the genitals towards the anus uh, with a moist, w wet uh, cotton ball. This, uh, and gently. <laughs> until, until the opossum has evacuated its bowels and its bladder. Keep, keep doing this. I imagine it takes a minute or so. Then they're ready to be hydrated, and in this case you will use um, a dilution of Pedialyte, which is a human uh, rehydration uh, formula for infants. Uh, two parts water, one part Pedialyte. I think you can buy it at the grocery store. Also, Gastrolyte is an, another option. Um, administer this with a, a dropper, an eyedropper, a syringe, and don't force feed them. That let them have what they like to take. Maybe if they don't want anything, it means that they're sicker than you think, and you should hurry up and get them to the rehabilitator. Um, because they're hungry animals and thirsty animals. Um, so once you've done that, you wait another three hours and do that again, and wait another three hours, all the while occasionally um, help pottying them. <laughs> and then you can offer them um, S-Biliac, I think it's called, which is a puppy milk substitute available at pet stores. And there's probably other brands, that's a brand name. But um, uh, after all of that, you really must get them to a rehabilitator. If you find baby opossums that are larger than four inches, uh, they don't need all that. They need to be pottied, but they, um, they, they can drink water and <coughs> wet, eat wet cat chow. If they have fleas, uh, not, do not uh, flea bath them. Just change their bedding, and that will take care of it if you change, change their bedding frequently. Um, let me see. I memorized it pretty, pretty much. Don't offer them cow's milk is something I forgot to tell you. <laughs> oh, if you find, if you find opossums uh, larger than seven inches from nose to rump, that means that they don't need to be in your custody at all. You just let them go. And that is about it. Today I spoke with someone from the SPCA who had recently um, taken part in rehabilitating some opossums that came to them in this the four-inch um, uh, stage of development. Uh, someone had found them near their mother who had been killed by a car and brought them in. And um, she was even surprised that all eight of them survived the care of the SPCA. So it really is, if you want to do the opossums a favor, advisable not to <coughs> keep them longer than 24 hours, but to get them to somebody who knows what they're doing. Because they actually have very sensitive uh, systems. And uh, despite the fact that when they're adults, they can eat almost anything, when they're um, just beginning to mature, uh, they, they, they really need to eat very specialized things, or they can develop a, develop a bone disease. And, um, but, but all eight of these survived beautifully and, um, and they were released into the woods a week or two ago. That is all. Scott Thorpe, ladies and gentlemen. 
You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, are, 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 are there any questions? Uh, sure, yes, from the very front. Oh, the question yeah. is, are you going to show us the pictures? Yes. Who knows Should I pass pictures? those out now, or why don't do we? Why don't we? You know, what? maybe we can hold them up, and we can, and you can come up and see them on the intermission. I, I just hate to have things being passed around. I, I can. Yeah, we can hold. Would you hold one for uh, me? Uh, yeah, of course. They're not big enough for you to see. Being oh wow, they're, barely, they're actually barely big enough for me to for me to see. Um, but these, this is this depicts some some opossums. Here we have. Um, well, we have the uh, a cute picture of a Didelphus virginiana. We have one hanging by its prehensile tail. Yes. We have one playing possum. A defensive show. Uh, rarely will a, an opossum bite. Um, only if you grab it, basically. Uh, and, and, but it does have rather sharp teeth, so it shows them when it's um, <laughs> being yes, threatened. You can, really, you can really see them. And we also have <laughs> uh, an enlarged picture of a pinky, and then a, a weaned infant, and the hind paw. A mold of the hind paw and uh, some prints of, of the yeah. fore end. And those where, are when you get these. Like those are prints. They look like a map, but they're they're not a map. They're prints of, of the. We're gonna pass them around at the break, and you'll you'll look at them at the break. I think that's what I'd like to do. But just because 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 it'll give you something to do at the break, and you'll you'll trust me. You'll thank me now. Um, are there are there any other any other any other questions or uh, or uh, um uh, yes you near the back yes. Are there any sort of uh, other like species or ancestors to the opossum maybe that was like really big or saber-toothed or something? <laughs> so the question is, was there once a giant saber-toothed opossum? Yes, I think so. <laughs> Does that, th th next question, please. Um, yes, you, ma'am. Is that, if that is so, is that where they got So the question is whether that's why some people think of them as monsters. Well, no, I just assigned that attribute to them because they look funny, and, and I was looking for a monster when I found one. Um, okay, uh, yes, yes, you. Could you make any comments about the fictional but very famous possum Pogo by Walt Kelly? The question is where does Walt Kelly's Pogo uh, fit in in the broader scheme of possum things. Uh, no, I have no idea about it, but I would like to know more. I will look it up. And does that does that answer your question? <laughs> Sadly, you have to not in the affirmative, but it does answer it. 
Pogo, Pogo was, was, was a famous uh, political, like a sort of political cartoon possum, right? But from, well, there you go. Um, and you, you can come back maybe and report on it. Um, I'm gonna go all the, all the way in the back, look at you so far away, waving your hands so, with so much hope. Yes? Are you still looking for monsters and where? Are you still looking for monsters? Uh, well, I keep my eye out, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I want, I want to, you know, I'm going to stop on that for a moment because I don't think that collectively is that like what is this looking for like what is the looking for monsters activity? Uh, it's it's uh, I'm very cautious of fetishizing that part of it. I, <laughs> I'm not I'm not so you, that interested in monsters. You thought I, you could just slip that past our radar, but we're we're keep we we were we're sharp. Hey, it was a long time ago. Okay, it was like three years ago. I was interested in monsters. <laughs> So, so not so, so looking less for monsters now is. Okay, all right. I read a really interesting book called um, "The Fairy Faith in Celtic Countries," which, uh, which basically t talks about monsters of of Celtic origin, and I'm going to go there and <laughs> walk around in the countryside and see what happens. You're going to go out and like try to just try. Isn't that like the wrong attitude to have towards monsters? <laughs> Well, no, if you're polite uh, <laughs> when you walk around. You think that they'll be, you think that that'll be okay? There seems to be quite a lot of etiquette involved in inter interacting with Celtic monsters. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, <laughs> I, I, all right, okay. Do you, do, I, I, um, uh, uh, um, oh, uh, yeah, okay, sure, yes. Was that your question too? That's crazy. <laughs> Two people sitting next to each other thinking the exact same question, which is, when do, when do we stop calling them opossums and start calling them possums? <laughs> Was that also your question? That's crazy, twice in a row, with the same question. It, it never occurred to me to, to look for when that might have happened, but it's slang to say possum. Is it, is it derogatory though? Like, is it? Are they, are they, do you know? Like, is it? <laughs> I, I, I don't think the possums mind. All right, okay. do, I, I want to have more, I'm, I'm not sure. Does anyone have any questions specifically about the sort of care of the possums? component of the lecture, which I found particularly fat. Yeah, okay, yes, you ma'am. I would like to know how the mother would potty them, because it seemed kind of an intimate thing to do to your child. How, how, yeah, more about the, the pottying, like how would the mother actually potty them? With her tongue, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, she licks their genitals towards their anus. <laughs> at, at times, the, the, the baby possums would crawl out of the, the pouch? I think she sticks her nose in the pouch to do that, because actually par part of the, um, the myth of the nostril <laughs> conception um, had her uh, the part of the explanation of that is that um, people observed the mother snuffling around in her pouch and then inspected the pouch to, s to find these embryonic <laughs> forms but then where does the excreta go if it's all in the pouch where does when they excrete where does it go when she probably babies? licks it up I, I would imagine. So that's why she's doing that? Because they're in the pouch and they're excreting and the, the, the excrete has to go somewhere and the mother... She's provoking them to, to evacuate and then, and then, yeah, I would imagine and she then consumes it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. 
Uh, that answers your question. Um, I'm going to go to the back of the room. Yes, you. You're also waving so nicely like that. Yes, you like that. Um, where do possums live in the city? Like, do they live in chimneys or under where? Uh, any makeshift um, shelter will do. Uh, under porches, I imagine maybe a chimney would be all right. Um, no, I don't think so. It wouldn't. It would have to do too much work probably to make it livable. But they never stay in one spot for very long. Um, maybe a couple of weeks at the most. And as I said before, they don't damage property in order to live there. If anything, they might take up residence in another animal's abandoned home. Uh, but uh, yeah, under porches and uh, leaf piles, they might hollow out a, a cave in a leaf pile. Um, I, I think they spend a lot of time in trees, and they, they do build nests. I, I can say from personal experience, I sometimes up at the Cadillac Lounge. <laughs> so does, have other people seen them there? Yeah, that's a that's a hot. That's where the possums are going these days. <laughs> do you do you have? I want to ask you more about. Do you have this? Do you have like an, a, an explicit plan to go out and start rescuing the the possums? I've thought about <laughs> having an explicit plan, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, don't mean so I don't mean like I don't dates and schedules and stuff. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, the, the disagreement among wildlife rehabilitators has um, given, given me some pause because I, I didn't... I, f I, f I don't... I guess, yeah, sure, I do. I do plan to. I mean, it, I don't know if I will take the take the babies out of the pouch because you know there seems to be a bit of controversy about whether that's a good idea but sure I will stop and see if an opossum has babies in it and if it does I will either call the SPCA or take it to somewhere to an SPCA or to a private rehabilitator you can find rehabilitators by calling the Ministry for the Environment Wait, for natural are, resources there right? are pri who, who is a private opossum rehabilitator? Well, it's a, it's a you, you need to be licensed to do it, and uh, I don't think it's a professional vocation. I think it's something that people volunteer, but they do okay. need to be licensed, I imagine, also by the Ministry for Natural Resources. Um, and who, who, who? It is illegal to keep an opossum or any native species for longer than 24 hours in your custody if you don't have one of those licenses. Oh, but they, but they can keep them they for can. longer. They, yeah. Okay. And who would, do you, who would pay them? Do you? I don't think they're paid. I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry to assume that they were, <laughs> to, ins to insult their avocation. Um, uh, uh, yes, you meant ma'am. Yes, you did. Yeah. Oh, uh, what is a group of opossums called? Yeah, is there a collective mm. noun for opossums? Well, they don't, they don't know. There isn't because they don't spend time in groups. I mean, you have a, you, you, this is true. They have, you, you have a litter of opossums. The, the man, the. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a posse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're solitary. They don't hang out together. Right. And it, and uh, but I should mention that some people call the male the Jack, the female the j Jill, and the 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 young ones the Joeys. So although there was no answer to your question, there is perhaps the useful answer to another question. Mm -hmm. um, yes, you, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to get back to the, um, the licking of the anus to the genitals. <laughs> because I'm trying to put myself in the place of a pinky. Right. No, 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 I'm in a pouch. So you're imagining yourself, you're a tiny marsupial. I know nothing about anything. You're in the dark, it's I'm warm. In a pouch. Yeah. From your from from anus to genitals. It's the other, it's, no, it's the other way around. Oh, is it genitals to anus? Yes, because that 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 prevents that prevents.
bacteria okay. getting into the I'm just urinary tracts. Well, they're a very randy creature, apparently. They will have one to three litters a year, um, and they'll mate any time of the year almost. So I think that answers your question. So, 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 so if you bleed, you think it, it like loosens them up in general. That's the, that makes them, it makes them open-minded. Um, oh, there's so many questions and so little. Well, uh, I, I'm gonna I keep going in the back. Yes, you in the back. You. Um, how many uh, are there in the city? Do you know? I mean, with 13 and four times a year, that's a lot of numbers. Um, do you have like? I, and we don't see them. So the que the question is, how many how many opossums are there given their their rapid reproduction? Well. How many are there in the city? How many possums? Let me, let me just say that I think the average number of possums in a litter is five to eight. Um, and uh, there, there are 13 teats, but normally they're less than that. Um, and, and to be fair, three times a year is a rarity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> more like one or two. But in terms of the population, that doesn't seem to be a known quantity, I asked. Oh, sorry? Four million. Four million, apparently, <laughs> possums. That's a, the, the feeling in the front of the room is four million. <laughs> but, we, but there's, I believe that that, that op opinion was just generated spontaneously in the front of the room. <laughs> Does that sound possible to you, the before thought? Four million possums in, oh, I'm sorry, opossums in Toronto? I'm never one of those people that guesses at the jelly beans in the jar, you know? I, I really have no idea about that. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a fair and dignified approach to take to the, to take the opossum. I think we will end on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Eugene Slonemirov. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, it really helps us out if you leave a review on iTunes. Uh, please go ahead and do that. It helps a lot. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.